Welcome to Oops All Monsters, the deadly unserious show about creatures, cryptids, and curiosities curated by two weirdos from wild and wonderful West Virginia. That weirdo with me, when I can get him to stop luring tweens into his underground lair with pirate gold, is Gavin. And this weirdo with me, who's going down the only road he's ever known, is Hess. I don't know why that one, that, got, that one got me. Fucking popular American music is so <laughs> annoying. And we are here to, as we always are, delight and edify you with tales of mysterious monsters from mythology, film, literature, TV, as well as gaming from the console and the tabletop and beyond. On a rotating basis, each of us brings a monster into the shop, unknown to the other presenter, and discusses their origins and implications for the benefit of you, dear reader. As a quick reminder, images we reference throughout the show will be uh, on our Instagram at oopsallmonsters, including the describing images from the describing segment. So it really um, inflates, it really buttresses your enjoyment if you uh, check out the Instagram. So hop over there. Um, let's see. What do we got? What do we got? And from there, we go into... Villainous vocabulary. Our villainous vocab this week. So tell me if you could hear this. Cacaraphiophobia. Anything? Cacaraphiophobia. No. Okay, no. Cacaraphiophobia. Uh, cacaraphiophobia. Cacaraphiophobia. That's right. Fear of Goku. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. It's spear, fear of Squirtle. No, it's a fear. <laughs> Kakaraphiophobia is spelled K-A-K-A-K-O-R-R-H-A-P-H-I-O-phobia. Uh, P-H-O-B-I-A. Kakaraphiophobia oh. oh. is um, an unreasonable fear of failure. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> I was, uh, well, I mean, if that is true, all that we have to fear is cacarachiophobia. Um, cacarachiophobia. Is, all we have to fear is Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> so there you go. That is uh, our this week's version of... This is a little different. This is a, a Halloween special. So I actually it's already. I, this is a case special. where I already know who the man behind the curtain is. What Mister? What yeah. what uh, Oz looks like? But um, yeah. what? How are we going to introduce this topic? Well, this is um, this is a pretty hefty subject because I'm I'm going to try to do a thing, uh, where I explain a monster that is inside all of us, mm. which is of course uh, the skeleton. Oh, not the microbiome. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what is the so what's the skeletons. what's the name what's the name of that sting on your um sound box? 
It's a well. It's a picture of just a face with a big open mouth. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So skeletons. Skeletons. The thing that have their own place in the uncanny valley, and the monster that is inside of us all. We all have an inherent knowledge of bones. We all have them, but what if they moved around like a silly symphony? <laughs> what if they were animated and scary on their own? Uh-huh. That is the concept of the monster today. Or just a skinless, muscleless skeleton, a gutless skeleton. <laughs> yes. So uh, so yeah, dear readers at home, if you could imagine that w- that we take a normal episode um seriously, then this episode, imagine that somehow we notch that down. That there we take it. We went from the amount of seriousness that we normally have in an episode. We're cra- we're going <laughs> oh, we're going God. lower than that. So, however, whatever kind of math you need to achieve that thought, just put that in your mind. Now we're kind of we're going to play around with skeletons because they're they're so big uh, of a topic and they represent so many disparate yeah, things. That there's no way we could really cover the concept in total because they're such a true um, atavistic symbol for humanity's understanding of its own uh, finite uh, being. Uh, is that is that too much? Just too much of a mouthful, Gavin? Or does that comport with what you that, had in mind? That's, that's a perfect string of of things to say right after saying that you're not going to take something. <laughs> Uh, I had a kid in class yesterday <laughs> say, "Mr. Hess, you should you should do podcasts." Yeah, and I I don't tell them that I do because they're like twelve, and I and I say I tell you, yeah. I say shit butt death words on this podcast and talk about corpses and um, how great they are. So yep. can they cannot combine? They're not allowed to be combined. What did the hippie say to the pen? Right on, man. Today I also went on one of my rants about. Um, Five dollar words—a thing that I tell children when they when they confront me with using too much baroque language in one fashion or another. I always, I always say, kids, who could tell me what uh, language has the most words total? And they all start saying like Chinese or you know or. Japanese or, you know, they can't think of that many languages on the spot. So they, and I go, no, English (laughs) has the most languages, the most, English has the most words of any language. And if you do not use the full arsenal of the English language, you are leaving all of that uh, arsenal rusting in the fields of Siberia. And it's a, it's a real waste. So don't just use the same 10,000 words over again. Use the weird fucked up words that nobody uses way better. Yeah. I concur. Books are the real treasures of the world. <laughs> um, very, double plus good, sir. Um, let's butter up these uh, dry old bones. Bones. Do you? You know, I, I, because this is a rare case where both of us know what's going on. I have some. I have some items prepared where we can kind of double team this idea. Well, you want to cover like the plague first. <laughs> Yeah, let's bring the mood up with that. <laughs> um, what do you? Yeah, let's talk about the plague. Give, give me that. Give me the, the plague. D- um, dat plague, though. Yeah, which happened from like fourteen thirty something all the way into like now. Yeah, but you um. know, not in a way. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> yeah. Not in a way. Not in the main event. The main event only lasted about ten or twelve years. Yeah, it's like a like an aging theater performer's career. I mean, technically they're doing things, but yeah. you know, only off, off, off London. Well, back during the plague, people didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> well, um, no, but they were damn sure and- about it for some reason. Yeah, they were really sure they knew what yeah. was going on, which was that um, a, a, a skeleton in a cloak with a giant, um, some people call it a sling blade, <laughs> some people call it a kaiser blade, yeah. walks around and takes your soul um, as you die from bleeding out of the boils. <laughs> I, <I've>, but now <laughs> I'm imagining the Grim Reaper and his origin in in the the great... The Great Plague of Europe. I'm imagining him with that um, with that Joe Bob accent, or what's his name's accent from uh, from Sl- from Sling Carl, Blade, isn't it? Yeah, Carl. Yeah. But who plays Carl? Is I I want to say I, I want to say Joe Bob Briggs, and I, I'm Bill, Billy well, yeah, Bob uh, Billy Blob Billy Blo- Billy Blob Blood Necklace. <laughs> Bucky Buckles. Borington. Before I take your aunt and uncle here, I just gotta ask you, do you mean funny ha-ha or funny queer? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna play really well with the zoomers. All of this um, hot sling blade content. It's topical. It's fresh. So yeah, t- the 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 Reapers' um, origins uh, appear. In the in the bubonic, or not the bubonic, but in the plague, right? He, he didn't he didn't yeah. exist before the 1400s, and then the the Europeans, whoever it was, it was probably some some moldy monk somewhere, uh, somebody that had the leisure time to um, do drawings of this idea and give it a, a ma- give the play give the pandemic a, a delightful mascot. Um, came up with this character. Yeah, their names were. P- their names were Peter Bruegel, Hans Holbin, Burnt Noctkey. They they were relief pitchers for the Cincinnati Reds, or who 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 were who were they? They were block print Bosch like artists who depicted um, the Grim Reaper taking souls as a skeleton. Yeah. Well, good um, good job those guys. I mean. Uh... For being yeah. like practically lost to history in terms of you know I have two fucking art degrees I'd never heard of those guys and I including <laughs> like papers that I've written about German printmaking uh, from for oh, yeah really? yeah I, I'm a big <laughs> fan of uh, Martin well, Schongauer he's my guy Martin Schongauer Peter Bruegel was called the older and Hans Holbein was called the younger even though Hans Holbein was older if you yeah don't get into that whole thing it'll you know it'll start you'll start to have a brain bleed if you try to figure out why they called people the things they called them in the 1500s. You'll start start painting owls vomiting up souls. Oh, yes! (laughs) We could say that the origin of the Grim Reaper as a plague came from a painting called The Legend of the Grateful Dead. Oh, okay. uh, Who was uh, painted by an unknown artist and the Grateful Dead also being a uh, fish cover band. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, they, they should they take these fish they take these fucking fish songs and they make them real long and confusing. <laughs> yeah. 
take it easy. Yeah, just relax. Guys, <laughs> go go home. Like, there's n- none of these people are even standing up anymore. I think that um, the hippiest, most laid-back thing you could do is take uh, the grotesque visage of the Grim Reaper and turn it into a cartoon and tell everybody to chill out <laughs> that it's just natural well, to die. I mean, I'm not um uh I'm not somebody who suffers um the worthless, trashy, insufferable sounds of the Grateful Dead um approaching my ear canals. <laughs> But I can appreciate that uh, on some level that apparently musically they are objectively good and contribute to the 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 world in some way that I don't understand. Yeah. I can also say that I do appreciate the all of the iconography and the way that it is eliciting a meditation on death that is not a fucking dancing bear on a bong. That's another thing, like skulls and skeletons and all of that crap weren't necessarily associated with like cool things to do with fun things to do. Like they are now there is a skull on everything. It is fucking everywhere. And, um, before like 1950 if there was a skull on something, then you were like a Nazi or a pirate (laughs) or a poisonous vat of poison. Yeah. (laughs) A poisonous vat of delicious poison. Yeah. You were you were a plot device for creating a Batman villain. But now, thanks to Eddie the Head, Vic Rattlehead, uh, Snaggletooth, and of course the Crimson Ghost from the Misfits, um, there are skulls on every T-shirt yeah. that everybody wears. Yeah, and um, next to every uh, Calvin 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 pissing on a politician name. On the back of every uh, Chevy (laughs) Colorado LT in the Walmart parking lot. No? Punisher Punisher sticker jokes? No? No? Oh, okay. I didn't know what <laughs> you like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> no, you know, you know redneck red, red, oh, red yeah. truck stickers. Redneck truck stickers. The, the Punisher skull. Yeah. I forgot about uh, that. Not, not important. Yeah. I shouldn't have brought it there. It's too, er- too early. Yeah. Too early. Too soon. Too soon. You know, that, that is too soon, and it's happening to me right now. Heavy metal is cool. <laughs> um, no, let's just cancel the rest of the episode and just talk about how bitchin' heavy metal is. Oh, yes! <laughs> you know who who's never really used, like, skulls or skeletons that I just kind of realized is Tool. No, because Tool is... Yeah. How, would I, how would I say... Tool um, is too ether, huffing ether. <laughs> too, yeah, yeah. Tool is cranking that mad cotton, um, rip it, ripping <laughs> that wild dragon's breath. That's the rest. That, that's what Tool's all about. Yeah, Tool is putting laudanum in your absence <laughs> as like a car bomb type. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Tool is is um, boof, boofing vodka soaked mushrooms. Um, it, it, Tool is not, but you know, the, like <laughs> Tool is probably super about death though. Right. I mean, like Tool, Tool yeah. is very, uh, that is a guy that is, I'm not saying that the other people in Tool are not relevant, but I mean, they're probably about as relevant as everybody else in Nine Inch Nails is versus Trent. But like I, Maynard is a guy, 
His name is Chris Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. And uh, Bill Riflin when you're there and you know other other guys that are now in their like late fifties. Yeah, well we're even talking about Tool that does not have I a don't care. I'm mascot. here for it. I will just wanna be talking about Tool now. Um, All right. Know, that's, t- hey, that's Tool fine is very corpsey, like you know, and very yeah. like uh, I, I will say Tool is very moldy and very deathy. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it, I guess maybe Tool is more like Nosferatu vibes. It's like uh, and yeah. serial killer vibes and just like, I don't know, maybe like fungus man vibes. Big fungus man energy is how I would describe Tool. Yeah. You know what Tool is like is Gavin inside of Paul's house. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> let's let's put this aggressive thing in this old gothic building filled with uh the the most imaginable angst I see. that you could think I of. I see, right. Yeah. Uh, instead of a instead of a a bull in a china shop it's a, uh, it's yeah. um, you know, uh, it's a punk rocker in an old Victorian um, English professor's house. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a a corn fan in a, a WVU English professor's house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what did the hippie say to the pen? Right on, man. Did do you like Skeletor? Do do I? Um, um, yeah, no. Only as only as much as I like um, rending the sword of power from Prince Adam's cuckold fingers. <laughs> well, then you'll be you'll be pleased to know the connection between Skeletor and the 1920s 30s bank robber Elmer McCurdy. Oh, okay. I'm I'm intending to be uh, um, pleased with it. Please go on. The person who designed Skeletor, Mark Taylor, um, wanted to create something from his own fears, so he reached back into his memories (laughs) of of, a funhouse he purple bodybuilders at Long Beach Pike. And where the funhouse had a corpse that would fall out of the ceiling on a noose and scare you. Everybody thought it was made out of wax, and it wasn't. It was bank robber Elmer McCurdy. Oh, it was. It was. It was a real. It was a real corpse. Yeah, and um, the the guy Mark Taylor, after he designed Skeletor, didn't know that and found out that like, uh. At the at the fun ride, they found the dead body and thought somebody had been murdered in like the seventies or something. Right. But it, it was just um, assumed to be a prop because his body was on display because they used to do that kind of weird shit in the thirties. <laughs> uh, like, yeah. look at this yeah. dead bank yeah. robber. <laughs> and so the lesson the lesson and, here, um, kids, is don't rob banks or you'll be turned into an immortal action figure who can never rest. I can write a book about what you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> an immortal icon of. Yeah, we, I think sometime we should do a deep dive on just exactly that because that's so fucking goofy. Like that's like if, um, I, if you, I think the juxtaposition, <laughs> the juxtaposition between um, like Masters of the Universe toys and dead bank robber origin story has a lot of um, had a lot has a lot of like yeah. jizz in its balls. I think there's I think there's like a lot. <laughs> Can really stroke your way to freedom on that subject, if, in my opinion. <laughs> this is a sexy episode. <laughs> the horniest possible topic.
Uh, yeah, skeleton. Yeah, lube up your Maynards because uh, we're getting we're, these bones. <laughs> these bo- these bones want to fuck. Uh, I don't know. I'm a different kind of sassy. I'm not like drunk or anything. I'm just in a mood. I don't know. <laughs> Teaching too hard this week. Oh, we're, we're all we're in a all, mood with we're, this we're weather. All in, we're all in a mood with this 21st century. Yeah, I don't know who else lives in um, a region where there's a bunch of mountains and forests and then October, but it'll make you goofy <laughs> in in the craziest ways. It's happened ever since we were teenagers, and it, it wasn't just Hayride. Yeah. That insane debauchery-filled teenage madness that we used <laughs> yeah. to do. Uh, Gavin is referring to that we used to do this volunteer haunted hayride yeah. thing as like t- as teens. You describe it there, <laughs> and um, it was it's a very elaborate thing. I don't think it's as elaborate these days, but uh, then again, I don't know. Uh, but it was they probably reined it in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> um, and, and, but uh, a, a whole bunch of group of our friends would do what we just called like the vampire scene. And you'd show up like after school, the light, it would still be light out. And, you know, throughout the evening, once everybody got prepared and got their like fishnet stockings or, on. If you're like me, you were already in the park because you got kicked out of school. <laughs> right. Or you, you, and when you get your fishnets and your, your, your white fingernail polish on and your weird goth makeup and your leather jacket and your ministry CDs in the boom box, um, the strobe light going. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, when all of the like redneck on the haunted uh, haymobile would would come by your scene. Weirdly, um, our scene was like a hot 15-year-old girl go-go dancing on like a big stone edifice to either like My Life of the Thrill Kill Cult or Rammstein or Ministry. And then, but the thing is, it was a great classic fake out because like whether you were into that or not, you did look at it. And then approximately 20 quote unquote teenage vampires would descend from the shadows in every direction with fangs and blood all over their faces and scare the ever living shit out of 10 year olds how nobody got yeah, we did come from yeah, nowhere we were, like, we really were in ditches good and, and up in trees and scaring and, up <laughs> and like and sneaking up on people like we developed our stealth roles hardcore over the course of like three years of constant hayride spooking yeah. like we were really good at it yeah. we could go from like laying in the leaves and making out for an hour directly into terrifying yeah. an 11 year old redneck girl like in about two seconds flat it was yeah. it was a it was a grand old time kids so secret secret out there to your burgeoning theater perverts is do haunted hayrides the supervision is very minimal and you can you can touch people's butts oh my there was so much butt touch it was way better than going to camp and it was just you know 10 minutes away from your house so uh yeah good yeah. stuff good stuff good stuff and and that's how i lost my virginity in a coffin on halloween which is a true story oh yes <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so I got to uh, lay in the artificial fog with... I'm going to have to bleep that. Never do anything with... She was just androgynous and desirable. Jesus Christ, I was was trying to make myself an episode that would be easy to edit, and I'm going to blow my brains out. (laughs) You just hypnotized yourself, Boreas! If you take skeletons and include skull iconography, and obviously one of the most enduring... um, 
images we have in America is the sugar skull tr tradition out of Latin America and Mexico specifically. They can be traced to over 3,000 years ago. Um, the tradition is for families to go to the gravesite at midnight on October 31st and decorate the, uh, I'm going to fuck this up, but the ofrendas with, uh, is, uh, yes, with both large and small uh, sugar skulls made from granulated white sugar uh, that are molded into that shape. And um, then it's important to note that on November 1st, All Saints Day, smaller skulls are placed on the ofrendas uh, for children that have passed on. Ofrendas. And then on November 2nd, All Souls Day, uh, those smaller skulls are replaced with um, larger, more decorated, more decorated ones for uh, the adults. And um, the names of the deceased will be scrawled on their forehead in lots of cases. The, the flower-like swirls and other designs are inked around eyes and cheeks and head. Um, the Spanish term for the skulls, the calaveras, are, the, uh, are not the only decorations during the festivities. I mean, duh, like it's a whole, it's a whole damn thing. And the color and the colors also have symbolic meanings. Yellow means death. Purple means grief. White means purity and hope. Um, and uh, the skulls, along with paper flowers, will be mixed in with photographs of the dead. And um, just overall, I, I'm a fan of it, not as um, kind of like a cultural voyeur, but mostly as a, as a counterbalance to the United States being... <laughs> So terrible at having any kind of like uh, tangible relationship with sponsored death. culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like we <laughs> no. I mean, we just like really suck at uh, doing anything other than having grief as like uh, just a, an industry. Something <laughs> an occasion to buy everything. Yeah, I mean, we turned we like uh, uh, funerals and death become kind of the bummer version of a wedding, where you just go through a process yeah. that involves um, uh, a requisite amount of things that you must do, even though you in, might not want to do them. In a huge bureaucratic scam that will leech all of yeah, the money. Yeah, cost out of you, you you know between ten and a hundred grand for. Just trying to get yeah. somebody uh, out of out of the the, the mortal realm, um, and I I think <laughs> that the I think that the big party and the and the candy and the the decorations and like having an activity that you actively go and make it a day to remember people and engage with that stuff is a million times better than all the sad the sad you know X Men movie crying in the rain. Uh, like Guns N' Roses bullshit that we do in America that it's just not it's just not cutting the mustard <laughs> if you ask me we need we need we need, we need to to yeah. adopt a something that is kind of a lot more like the Day of the Dead we should have things that um, give us a reason to meditate on death like the Stoics would tell us to do in a way that um, you know honors those that have passed and is not such a fucking lame ass bummer. To the crossroads of all universes. So, yeah, it's good. Sugar Skulls. Bangarang. Yep. Yep. Sugar Skulls, which is the... Calavera is the skull, and the entire skeleton is the Kalaka. He was my... Always my favorite in Mortal Kombat 2. Great finishing moves. Kalaka. <laughs> back, 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 low kick. Kitano wins. 
while we're talking about skulls, uh, in the year approximately, give or take a couple, 1707 was the first use of what is called the pirate flag, a.k.a. the Jolly Roger, oh, a.k.a. Yeah. the Black, a.k.a. The surrender Roger. or die. Um, and it's unclear whether Bellamy used it first or who used it first. We don't fucking know. It's just like, it's not quotable. Um, but it became popular or, or in, you know, that year and adjacent year. And it became, here's what's super important. The world's first super brand prior to Mickey Mouse, yeah. prior to, um, Coca-Cola. It was the first super brand, meaning that its significance was understood over the entire globe. Not every human being would know it, but you could go all over the, the continents of the world and people would know what the skull and bones uh, meant. So um, the Jolly Roger's significance in in indicating its, uh, its meaning is uh, above all in terms of all branded imagery and iconography because everybody goes like that. That means pirates, and they will kill me. Is you know, it's it's an uncomplicated statement. I want to mention the flag that everybody sees everywhere. That's the skull and the two mm-hmm. sabers under it was uh, Calico Jacks, yeah. and it's falsely depicted as Blackbeard's. Often, Blackbeard had an entire skeleton with like a demon head poking a spear into. Yeah, I've a seen heart. that one. It's it's goofy. Like Calico, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's holding a wine glass, and it's like yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot going on. And, yeah, there there is a lot going on in Blackbeard's flag. Yeah, and Cal- Calico Jack is the guy with the skull in the. Sabers. Yeah, I want to know. I want to. I want to see an H, a V. I want to see a VH1 behind the music of that guy. That sounds. He sounds like he could party. That guy. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jack Rackham. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack Rackham is the guy that had the two women on board. I'm, I'm, two I women? That up. That's one whole yes. extra woman. Two. But the, <laughs> yeah, it is. It was Anne Bonnie, Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed who were both posing as men who nobody had any idea uh, just so happened to get onto the same ship under the same pirate captain who eventually found out they were both women and they all started to sleep oh, with each other. Man, that's and the, they, that's the HBO show right there, man. That's the that's that's yeah, that's it the is. Ticket. That's the ticket <laughs> to win it. Also, like, uh, I, you know, I don't know if it happened this way, but you'd have to write it this way. It would be like they both get on in the same like week, and the only and yeah, what they know both notice each other, but it's like a weird game of chicken to not bring it up. <laughs> You you see what I mean? Yeah. They're like, you you pretend yeah. to have a dick. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> you know, like that's some that's yeah. some good pirate juice there, or, man. Or like one does something to piss the other one off, and then they uh, keep like uh, suspensefully almost giving away the show, or like hinting that one of them's going to tell somebody because they're pissing each other off. Yeah, that's yeah. good shit. There's a that's lot of plot good there. Shit. I knew hippies like corduroy because the material is so groovy, man. And then Yarr. banging right through them, I also have a from the 1700s and the 1500s and the 1600s all the way to 1996 and 2021. 
the um, the meme that will not die, spooky, scary skeletons, uh, is a Halloween song written in 1996 for a children's album by Andrew Gold, which first first appeared on Andrew Gold's Halloween Howls. And uh, in 2010, a video combined with the 1929 Disney cartoon The Skeleton Dance um, with uh, with the song playing in the background was uploaded to YouTube. And it, for some at, at some point, these became ir- irremovable parts of the meme. And then in 2013, of uh, the video Too Spooky for Me was uploaded to YouTube with a, with a dude with a sh- in a black outfit and a shitty pumpkin on his face dancing to it and ta-da now all the 11 year olds in America will not stop listening to trip hop versions of spooky scary skeletons for some reason um it is it is cuckoo bananas the children love the 10 hour trance remix of spooky scary skeletons I can tell you from from experience it is so weird yeah, that that came up while I was looking for skeleton videos. And if you look for skeleton videos, you're going to get a bunch of like suggestions for D&D uh-huh. sites. And when you click on the video, it's going to be an advertisement on a wiki page that's like it, I don't know what Google is doing <laughs> because it's not a skeleton video, it's the advertisement on a Wikipedia <laughs> well, page. Yep, it's doing a bad job. <laughs> what do you do when you see a bear? You play dead. Now that we have done our due gil- fuck me. Now that we have da- now that we've done our due diligence and described spooky scary skeletons, let's uh, slide our salty remains into the apothecary for a minute and come back with the remainder of today's spooky subject. Skeletons. We'll come back. We'll with come the back rest with the it. pelvis and the all of the the tibias and everything. And the the t- <laughs> this goes in the t pile for thigh bone. No tibia. Shivers down your spine Shrieking skulls will shock your soul Seal your doom tonight Hi there, my name is Douglas Raffensperger and I'm a CEO and founder of Douglas's Cutlasses. Have you ever found yourself in this situation? You've just gotten home from a long day of spurring growth at your small but thriving business. You're just trying to slice some quality deli meats and cheeses for a relaxing snack and suddenly there's a mysterious intruder rummaging through your garbage outside. What's a domestic disruptor to do when you get in a pickle like this? Pull out your handy-dandy, short-handled, half-guarded navel sword, that's what. Here at Douglas & Colors, we've got every possible colors for every conceivable scenario. Are you an aspiring or current CEO of a Fortune 500 company? I've got a color for that. A middle school teacher struggling to maintain discipline in the classroom? I've got a color for that. Looking to add a little flair to drab dinner parties? I've got a cutlass for that. Some people say to me, but Douglas, I'm not a pirate, privateer, or sailor. What do I need with a battle quality 27 inch half guard naval sword? I'm so glad you asked. 
Here at Douglas's Cutlasses, our research shows that the vast majority of conflicts, both business and personal, can be positively affected by the introduction of a modest, well-crafted naval sword. So let's get swashbuckling. No matter what's your problem, an easy-to-wield iron forged cutlass is probably the solution. So once again, I'm Douglas Rafflesmer of Douglas's Cutlasses. Come get stabby with me. Please go to paypal.me slash oopsallbonsters and make a payment there. And that's oops with two O's. Again, that link is paypal.me slash oopsallbonsters. But you know what uh, What makes almost a perfect antagonist? Um, what? Skeletons. <laughs> uh, go on. And this is in regards to, like, RPGs and video games. It's um, kind of like zombies, except even weaker and... Uh, even more faceless. Uh, yeah, I mean, in a, yeah, literally, literally significantly less facey. Um, they've got their face so off. You could do all kinds of things with skeletons, like um, uh, <laughs> we just fuck the just, shit out of them. They, you could just fuck the shit just out. right in between <laughs> rib cage pieces. <laughs> they had, sp- they had just get that get your spray olive oil bones. from from the Kroger and go to town. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> or they <laughs> you could make it personal and have the skeleton be the bones of a significant character. Yeah. Like necromantic. Or, and then and then fuck them to death. Yeah. Like a like a German movie from the seventies. <laughs> In reference to the multi-use baddie of the skeleton, in the classic hack-and-slash platformer arcade hit, Golden Axe, um, the skeletons are noteworthy in a couple of ways. Um, One, they're like in every level there throughout the game. It's not a very elaborate game. But they're they're throughout the whole thing. They're one of the hardest bad guys to beat, even though they're not particularly amazing. Yeah, they they're they're probably the most likely to take your hit points, uh, and, and one of the reasons being they just kind of bop bop out of the ground anywhere and surprise the shit out of you. Uh, and two, they're the only baddie that like has all of the same moves as the player ca- playable characters. Um, and and in yeah. that way, they actually do the job of being um, a memento mori, uh, of kind of implying that these are heroes that have tried this this grand escapade before and fallen in the field of battle. 
And so it is a yeah. kind of, you know, nine-year-old video game version of like, yes, yeah, they, they die, but then they come back and they try to kill you. Oh, no, it makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah. And other than the fact that they can't wield magic, they're really meant to symbolize that the, the versions of you that have died over the years pumping your, your quarters into the Aladdin's castle machine and failing. To uh to defeat yeah. Death Adder, yeah the the skeletons and Golden Axe are great. They're very they're versatile and, and honestly they're the hardest fucking guys to kill. Um, I actually did a Golden Axe playthrough like a couple of months ago, and there's not that many of them. You might think there's like hundreds of them or even twenty of them. There's not. Like, there's about yeah, fourteen. No, that sounds right to me. I mean, Golden Axe only yeah. has like seven levels. And so I, I have it yeah. almost like, um, yeah, sprite to sprite memorized, which is probably took some of the yeah. joy out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that works for other people, but I, I, I enjoy it that way. Oh, yes. Um, but, but moving on from Golden Axe, I can also say in a more um, properly historical way that uh, spooky legends about the possible real-life implications of uh, f uh, fucking around and then finding out about skeletons include the 1982 horror classic Poltergeist and the long-standing yeah. urban myth that it is cursed with the power of curses! Um, which is, uh, to make a long story short, to make, to make a long story short, um, it not, it is a, it's a, it's a bunch of, uh, malarkey because one, uh, curses are not real and nothing is real. And two, you know, think about all the thousands of fucking movies that have been made, you know, there's going to be one or two of them where a lot of bad shit happens to a lot of people that work on it. And uh, uh, then, you know, the curse, a curse is a kind of conspiracy theory version of tying up all the bad, ugly shit that happened to individual people as like an overarching thing to attach to a movie that made you like poop yourself in 1985. Um, so Poltergeist was not cursed. Yeah. It was just a very unlucky set to have been on in a coincidental fashion. You know, the one actress who... Um, uh, who was the sister? She was killed by a uh, an abusive yeah. an abusive partner. Um, that <laughs> an abusive chef. <laughs> the, yeah. uh, and the um, um, the actress that played the little girl that played Carol Ann. They they thought that she had um, one illness killed by abusive parents. <laughs> no, actually that wasn't it. They thought she had a um, one ailment. That was treated. They thought she just had um, not IBS, Crohn's disease, and instead she had a, a very oh. rare um, condition that causes a bowel blockage and will like rupture something inside of you, and then where you go septic and you die. And and that's mm. and that's actually what happened. I I don't think it was a I case of um, heard it was negligence. No, I, I there may have been. I don't know from. I, I will default to um, uh, What's-Her-Butt from Strange and Unexplained, um, Daisy Egan, because she does actual reporting on things in a way that is like podcast, yeah. high podcast quality. And, yeah, and, um, and her coverage made a lot of sense to me in that it was probably, it, it, you, it would, you would say it was an completely reasonable for doctors to not see that very rare condition 
in her case and to see it as just Crohn's disease and be surprised because usually children with that rare blockage like present it like, you know, have have sim- yeah. other symptoms that would say like this is going on and it just didn't happen with her. So um, it, it, there's no there's no Indian curse, uh, but they did. Um, fuck around with real skeletons, and for the most obvious Hollywood reason is they were cheap. Um, for basically all of human history, if you think about it, skeletons are cheaper than fake skeletons for a very specific reason. Yep. Skeletons are <laughs> self-producing, right? <laughs> like, yeah. ske- skeletons shouldn't be expensive other than somebody acts as a quote-unquote middleman to get them to market you know, but other than that, like skeletons <laughs> yeah. are a, a resource with very little demand and very, uh, very high supply. Right. I mean, most of them were throwing them away. No, no. Um, there's a there's a bunch of skeleton farms in India. Yeah. Where do you get all these skeletons with perfect teeth? How many people do you know die with a perfect set of choppers in their head? But um like there's skeletons. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, I'm trying to imagine the Indian guy who was like chewing on his corncob pipe working in the skeleton farm, just like hoeing away at the bo- piles of bones out in the field. <laughs> skeleton tree. No, they, they're probably tubers. Um, specifically, um, Joe Beth Williams, who played Diane, the uh, the mother wife character in Poltergeist, she has commented at length um, about you know because she spent five days uh, fl- like flailing around that muddy pool of gunk and actual corpse skeletons in that in that really? pool scene. Yeah, five days. That shot took five days. Yeah, and it, and if, when you watch the movie, that shot lasts yeah. maybe about like twelve seconds. Three yeah, seconds. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 very seconds. scary. But oh my god, to 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 because you also you know it's not even mud. You know it's mud and weird like glycerin bullshit and water. Yeah, and whatever yeah. the whatever like cigarette butts the grips accidentally dropped in there and and every kind of like Hollywood nightmare yeah. crap. So, yeah, I mean, they say that being a Hollywood actor is not easy. There are cases where it is true. She was like she was scumming around with those actual human skeletons for uh, five days. I uh, Joe Beth Williams is quoted as saying, I would have to go into this huge tank of what I thought was just mud and these skeletons, which, by the way, I thought were plastic, but later found out they were real. It was a real nightmare. Uh, also, um, later on in another inf- interview to have said, you have to understand that this sequence took probably four or five days to shoot. So I was in mud and goop all day, every day for like four or five days with skeletons all around me. As I was screaming, in my innocence and naivete, I assumed that they were not real skeletons. I assumed that they were prop skeletons made out of plastic or rubber. I found out, as did the whole crew, that they were using real skeletons because it's far too expensive to make fake skeletons out of rubber. And I think everybody got real creeped out by the idea of that. So, um, you know, uh, if there was a curse... Then um, why why is Steven Spielberg's career going so well? Unless unless Steven Spielberg is the necromancer we don't deserve but we do need, uh, and that might be the truth the truth all along. Um, so yeah, curses are not real. Poltergeist was just an unlucky movie. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. But yeah, uh, ba- bathing in in goop and mud <laughs> in uh, in a in a studio environment in a big old big old hole kind of swimming pool for four or five fucking days with real human skeletons has got to be um, not on my 1987 bingo card. In in contrast, here's Gavin's point. Um, curses are real, and that movie killed those four actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> uh, yeah, weird that Zelda Rubenstein... I mean, maybe she yeah. maybe she was the witch that assisted Steven Spielberg, the necromancer, to um, to do engage in this dark ritual and sacrifice their co-stars uh, in in the name of Toby Hooper or something. I don't I don't know uh, like <laughs> what I don't know what they would have got out of it. I mean, Spielberg was probably still was already doing OK. It wasn't like he needed Poltergeist to win to you know save his career or something. So um, I don't know. But I don't think yeah. the look of this podcast is our hot take is that Spielberg is a, a, a baby eating necromancer. <laughs> I think maybe that's uh, I think maybe we avoid that one. <laughs> Um, cause while funny, no. it's got a bad kind of like optic to it. Um, so yeah, there you go. Poltergeist, uh, you know, also, also lots of people just fucking fuck with corpses all the goddamn time and they don't get haunted to death. You know what I mean? Like everywhere, you know, like true. I, I will bring this up all, all the time. You know, you, it, it's. It's like, oh, this asylum and, oh, this Victorian house where this guy chopped up his family. It's like, well, the whole goddamn continent should just be roiling with, like, like flappy inflatable ghosts that are just, just like, simmering out of the ground. I came up with a reason for that, though, that why they're haunted, for fiction Yeah, Jennifer anyway, Connelly. Is that you have to be scared that that kind of thing will happen while the violence is what? occurring. I, like, oh, I'm going to come I mean, back. Yeah, I guess. I just don't, I just don't know that it's, <laughs> I don't know if it holds water that, like, white suburban people are more afraid of spirits than Native Americans and Latinx folks. I just don't, I don't know if that's true. I think it's just that they're more likely to be portrayed in Hollywood movies. Well, they're they're going to get lost. <laughs> yeah, they're just sh- they just have shitty dark vision and make dumb like 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 SUV based decisions. I, I can that I that I could buy is that is that yeah that they do like Robert Wise the haunting logic where like go to the old house it will make me feel like I'm not isolated by capitalism in the patriarchy. Oh my God! The house, yeah. the house swallowed me. How delightful! <laughs> Ray Harryhausen made the skeletons for Jason and the Argonauts. That well, yeah, that what a what a fucking time. son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a total cunt! How <laughs> just just the just scaring me with the shields, and the shields and the swords. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm not drinking so, that yeah. much. It's just something. I'm just um, like sassy. I don't know what it is. So, I, but what I was gonna say was that it, it was a pretty impressive work of art. <laughs> yeah, at the time it was like. I mean, there are plenty of. Not at the time. I, no, I watched I mean, it like ten minutes ago, and it it looks pretty cool. I don't. I don't know how they did it. It looks kind of scary. It's creepy. Well, you can watch. You can watch. Um, you can find video like like stop motions and time of. Um, 
Harryhausen doing it in real time and, you know, the, you know, 72 fucking hour process of him standing here and moving the little thing and then, you know, somebody off camera, yeah. like, firing off one frame and, you know, moving all these little dudes and firing it off one frame. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it it is an amazing... It's an amazing feat, you know, Jason and the Argonauts and Cue the Winged Serpent even and 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 Clash of the Titans, all the Harryhausen shit was it was amazing. I mean, here's all I can tell you is 11-year-olds are not impressed by fucking anything. Um, nope. you know, like I I I've played clips of things like um legend or the never ending story and they'll be like i mean i guess yeah. it looked good for like the 70s when it came out and i'm like you are so full of shit your eyes are broken you think that the cgi like uh, tween dolphin crap that you were constantly watching looks better than the ridley scott tom yeah. cruise legend effects that are <laughs> literally like dripping physical stuff Onto the actual ground in the in the like the London studio there, like you are so your eyes don't work because you stare at God damn among us all day and cannot focus properly apparently because <laughs> because you think that pure CGI looks better than um you know the the, the never ending story or blade runner and i'm like fucking look yeah. at that actual physical fucking thing i mean i know that some puppets look crazy but like shit i don't know that was uh, you know uh, pure cgi looks like shit and i don't know it, it almost never it was, looks it, it, yeah. it almost never fails to like pull me out of my suspension of disbelief. Yeah. There's always kind of like, um, by the way, did you notice that your dick was hard? Because it should be softer. Like uh, uh, element <laughs> to watching anything that goes pure CGI. It's why all of the Hulk, like solo Hulk movies um, are total trash because you have half a movie yeah. that's like a serious um, delving into the psychological profile yeah. of a tormented scientist and then cut to, you know, like a, a shitty cereal box man who costs $25 million bouncing, yeah, bouncing around, so uh, uh, like so yeah, a, a 235 <laughs> aspect ratio screen and it still looks yeah. like shit. Like only when you visually and narratively and mesh like, the the version of Hulk into a scene where everything else is interacting with him and all the characters are convincing and you sh only show yeah. him for like 10 seconds at a time does it it become like a it becomes a dessert you can eat and not like an entree that you're slogging through and being like was well, this going to look like this the whole fucking time because it's not it's not yeah. Mark Ruffalo's fault Mark Ruffalo Mark Ruffalo's good um it's just that well, yeah. When you uh, when you cut to the the fake ass thing, it looks like a stupid ass fake ass thing. And they're they're constantly praising themselves with like each pore is programmed on its own, so is each follicle of hair. It's like that makes it worse. <laughs> yes, that makes it think about what it's doing even more. And just oversaturates my eyes with shit. Yeah. We'll know we're there when we're there. Like, if yeah. it's like with truck drivers. If they could replace them all tomorrow with robots, they would. And they will as soon as they can. But they can't, so they haven't. Like, all, like, all analog effects, unfortunately, will go away as soon as they can be 
um, effectively replaced with CGI. And that why haven't they? Because they can't, because it looks like shit. Um, yeah. And you could still make <laughs> profitable movies out of it. It doesn't mean that you don't make money. It's just that you're making money off of 11-year-olds because 11-year-olds are stupid. Um, yeah. uh, movies not being stupid is not a bar that they have ever had to cross. <laughs> stupid movies make lots of money. Uh, all right, so let's get off of all these soapboxes and climb back down into the bone zone. Oh, yes! <laughs> um, I covered that. I got like, yeah, I hardly got anything left. What do you got? I didn't like how Avatar looked. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> I hated how Avatar looked. And I yeah okay good yeah and I'm I'm already like I'm my my default mode is set to gaping for James Cameron stories yeah uh, so you know I was ready to like wink it for that movie and then it just looked like uh, it just looked like a fucking it looked like um, uh, a perverse elven nightmare but in a bad way yeah it it, it looked really bad yeah, yeah it looked like a it looked like people put. <laughs> Like, I don't know, Minecraft and some, like, blue Sonic the Hedgehog elves in a blender yeah. and turned them into a smoothie and then made a, made a like, uh, um, a primitive Native American cave painting out of it, you know? Yeah, it's it seemed like it was for kids, even the dialogue, which was awful, and I couldn't believe it was a James Cameron movie. Like, the dialogue was really well, bad. Well, I, I honestly, now that I think about it... They, I mean, I think my theory is James Cameron kind of did a uh, a, um, a George Miller, and this is going to be a weird case where I actually talk about George Miller in, in in terms of him having a flaw, where he's kind of he's yeah. kind of pulling a little bit of a happy feet here and going, well, if I if I dumb down this idea enough and make it friendly to fourteen year olds, I will be able to yeah. like plink it into their brain that saving the planet is important and native peoples should be respected and that yeah. and that's a good idea but you have to make a movie that doesn't blow holy chunks out of its ass in order to succeed yeah. at that goal like i agree with that endpoint in both cases of avatar and happy feet but you shouldn't be doing like diarrhea out of your face in order to yeah. achieve those those actual ends and to me i you like yeah unobtainium and that guy that like <laughs> hey i'm a Boomer with guns and I'm the military yeah. industrial complex. That guy's a scary good actor. Like he's good. Yeah. It's just that you gave him a character that was like a, a, a stereotype that eats tanks and like shits Rocky Balboa's to play. And yeah. it doesn't come off as anything that's grounded in even a science fiction reality. Unfortunately. I know. I know. Like, you know, what would be great if a, a movie one day has a character like that, who turns out to be a good guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there is just there is there is using there is playing with this with archetypes and stereotypes, and then there is um, buying into them in a way that maybe you think generates interest on an ironic level or an iconic level, and really just turns you into someone that's doing kind of like, I don't know, like a, a weird sci-fi minstrel show that's offending nobody in particular. It's just not, it's just not getting yeah. you anywhere. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know. You couldn't. You that, you couldn't. That guy was Ike Clanton from Tombstone. Yeah, he's fucking fantastic. That guy is a really yeah, scary awesome. actor. He's very good. It's <laughs> yeah. not. It's not necess- It's not the the failure of like any individual performer in that movie. The overarching thing was just. It was. It was not. It was not it was doing bad. what it what you needed it to do. I don't know who. I don't know who goes home and is like, "Oh man, I'm gonna fucking do a couple of lines and watch Avatar." You know, like who gives it? Like who's, <laughs> yeah. who goes home and fanboys for Avatar? I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, the messages are good, but the execution feels like it feels. Um, uh, what's the the word that I want is clinical or it it it, it just yeah. doesn't have a texture of anything that has um, a grip on reality in any way. It feels so fake. It feels kind of very yeah. world of tomorrowy. And you know, it was a pretty good movie though. <laughs> what Army of Darkness with all their skeletons? Yes, that's a movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk about the Boomstick and Army of Darkness, which I know has a uh, Harryhausen um, connection in some way. So, but remind yes. me, Army of Darkness is the third movie in the Evil Dead series by director and writer Sam Raimi. Uh, what else can you tell me about it? <laughs> um, M. Beth Davids is in it, and I, I, I'm amazed to learn that every time. Who be that person? Every time I who, find it out. Who that? Who that? Who is that? M. Beth Davids. M. Is, Beth um, Davids. M. Beth Davids. Davids. I'm yeah. okay. Um, Who, um, is this like a? This is like a Miss Honey from Matilda. Oh, she's in Schindler's List. Yeah. Um, opposite Ray. Um, lick my Nazi collar finds here. Um, <laughs> ah, she's in a lot of good stuff. I think there's something I there must be there's something I must associate her with. Maybe maybe it's Army of Darkness. But what's up with Army of Darkness? Seems like that uh, the stop motion effects was just a tribute to Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't actually him. I my understanding was that Raimi wanted a Harryhausen esque visual style for the the over-the-top um, kind of big um, army elements of the Army of Dead was going yeah. to have a, a Jason and the Argonauts Clash of the Titans overall vibe, was my understanding. And it did. Yeah, <laughs> it did. And, it, it, and that's a movie that, unlike Avatar, threads the needle of um, silliness, at, s- silliness done successfully. And yeah. and um, um, maybe because it's not trying to 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 tell a big um, lesson that is going to like lead you to buying yeah. a Nissan Leaf uh, that it, it is just about like let's let's see a crazy guy who gets shot back in the time let's let's give a boom boomer a shotgun hand and a literal shotgun and send him back to the year thirteen hundred and have him wreck some wizards. You know, and that's yeah, that's really there, fucking funny a, is what it is. There's a whole 20 minute scene where Bruce Campbell literally struggles with himself. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, I don't know if I was good. If I had to rank best Bruce Campbell performance movies, this is really close to the top. It's top three, I think, yeah. um, because they, they, you know, Sam Raimi got better at directing these scenes and and Bruce Campbell got better at doing these slapstick routines and their yeah. skills were just in parallel beefing up 
And so, yeah, this one's got some of the best fucking around in it. Um, did I have I I haven't spoken on this show of my like horror movie Bruce Campbell like uh, interaction, have I? I don't think I don't so. think I have. There was this. Um, so there was one or two years. There was this one year when I was going to that same horror convention that I referenced, I think, last episode. Um, and yeah. uh, I was there with my with my girlfriend at the time, Mandy, and we decided for some reason to do the costume competition. I don't know, because we're nerds. And instead of going yeah. as something horrific, we went as um, the White Rabbit and the Red Queen. And yeah. I, that was just a choice. I don't know where that came from. But Bruce Campbell was the uh, ultimate star that year. He was the feature star. And he was he was promoting his book, uh, If um, Chins Could Kill. And, you know, he had not been there. He was going to be one of these, like, Saturday-only, like, special edition stars. And the it's in a you know all of these places these things happen in a massive hotel and this one had a gigantic lobby and they were having the costume competition in this gigantic lobby but the thing is he was supposed to MC it and he was late and i don't mean like he was like half an hour late he was like three and a half hours late and they <laughs> yeah. couldn't do it without him so like yeah. all of these drunk sea level stars like um, Tony Todd and and what's her butt from Cujo and Doug Bradley are like yeah. like slamming double vodkas and sitting at this table waiting to judge this costume competition. And worse than that, like literally about a thousand nerds are standing in this lobby. Some of them are standing on seven foot stilts with a 20 pound artificial like pumpkin on their head, trying not to fucking <laughs> keel over. I mean, the the level of intensity of some of these like, you know, there's full on Optimus motherfucking primes like there are, you know, this is just like yeah. 11 out of 10 hardcore costuming situation. People are like practically passing out just in this unair conditioned lobby for I guarantee you two and a half hours waiting on fucking um, uh, Bruce Campbell. And finally he shows up and this massive line of people going through this thing start moving. And he's doing this like extrovert theater with a massive head, like making fun of everybody tongue in cheek, like, ha ha, okay, what are you? Blah, 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 thing. And finally, I, of like after an hour of this, we get pulled on. And um, I I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I was where I had like a pocket watch and a vest and a little fake bunny nose drawn on and a bowler hat with big white ears coming out of it and a little bunny tail like on my butt. I don't know what the fuck I was like. I had that. I had that weird. I had that weird energy where I thought I was so pretty that I could do random yeah. bullshit and get away with it. Yeah, you've done that a, a and lot. It, and too. he pulls us up and he goes like, hey, what are you guys supposed to be? And it's like big chin, charming vibe. And um, uh, yeah. Mandy was terrified. So I just I, I just like somehow didn't freeze up. And he, he takes the actual microphone and puts my he puts it in my face. And I'm like, um, we're the white rabbit and the red queen. And he like looks out to the big audience of costumed, like face painted nerds and does the like marijuana joint gesture and goes like, Oh, okay. And he's like, gets a big laugh from that. And he goes like, um, so how long did it take you to get in these outfits? And I go like, um, well, actually, uh, Bruce, it, it took us a long time. It, it took us so long. It, it made us late actually. But, um, 
Uh, I, I was late and I'm still late, but not as late as Bruce Campbell and literally a thousand yeah. nerds simultaneously all like leaned back on their heels and went like, oh, yeah. and I, I had the most like satisfying public performance like a mental orgasm I will have in my entire life because I was wearing literally a little <laughs> fluffy white bunny tail and I burned Bruce Campbell on stage. <laughs> and nice. I was like, I'm just high the rest of the night. I don't even need a drink. Get me out of here. I just made Bruce Campbell look like, look like a jerk. Um, I'm tapping out. And so that's my uh, Bruce Campbell at the, uh, at the uh, convention store. That's a good one. It's not a bad one. I'm going to run out of those really fast. Asked, but uh, yeah, it was a good. It was good times. Good times. Noodle salad. Um, <laughs> so anything else about Army of Darkness? It's great. There's there's skeletons. It's it's hilarious. Watch it. There's skeletons. Watch Army of there's uh oh that scene where the car goes through all of them. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That that looks that looks like um it didn't work the first twenty times they yeah, tried. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> Okay, so this last piece of trivia I have is why did the Karate Kid screenwriter Robert Mark uh, Kamen put Johnny and his Cobra Kai goons in skeleton costumes for the Halloween sequences? There we go. Yeah, what, that's what I wanted to talk about also. The, yeah, why? Because it was badass, you friggin' nerd. Shut the hell up and stop asking so many stupid questions. <laughs> That's why. Ah. I got you. It was a fake out. (laughs) There was was nothing there, nerds. Nothing there. I was like, is there something there with Johnny and the... No, it's nothing. It's just, you know, it's just a cool... Yeah, there's a lot of video video games that reference that. Yeah, are there? Yeah, you can get the Cobra Kai skeleton costume for... um, A lot of Rockstar games have it. Um, for the online versions of Grand Theft Auto and Bully, that uh, no, yeah, Rockstar, Rockstar definitely is embracing their inner to- toxic douchebag. So yeah, that makes that makes that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah. You're so drunk, you can't hit nothing. In fact, you're probably seeing double. I have two guns. One for each of you. Uh, uh, Let's see. Let's end this show. What do we want to say? We never pulled the crux back out of our pocket about skull and skeleton imagery in the world and how it has totally changed since, you know, the 50s and 60s where you, you you know, it wasn't edgelords. It was like literal Nazis and, um, you know, and hell's angels and shit, you know, that like a skull used to mean beware. And now, you know, and now nine year old girls have them on their on their Chromebooks at school. Yeah, um, I don't know what do, what do we feel about that? Is it good, bad, or mediocre? I I think it's I think it's I think oh. it's good, but I think also we have somehow used capitalism to ignore the fact yeah, that it means that's anything, the, right? It's it, yeah, that's the part that upsets me. I wouldn't mind um, the saturation of skulls and cutesy. Uh, let's make fun of death crap if it wasn't like directly sold to you as a product. That's what pisses. Yeah, me okay. Off. I can feel that. I yeah. I think that. I think that the. Yeah. Hmm, I think this the saturation in isn't inherently bad, except that we've the version of saturation that we get, like we frequently do in America, is completely 
you know, waving the red Toreador cape in front of the bull and and <laughs> the bull of getting the point that it's about fucking death and mortality is completely escaping us. Uh, uh, because yeah. uh, capitalism does, or, or, or death doesn't sell product and therefore meditating on yeah. that doesn't it doesn't do what the machine wants it to do. So, you know, you can make yeah. a you, you can use it to make a Day of the Dead um, Tim Burton esque movie to get more Latinx viewers to come out to the theaters to watch a to watch a guy <laughs> play you know like an indigenous banjo, but um, yeah. but you know yeah, and that's yeah. that that product is probably a good one in that case, but does it lead to actually thinking about death and going no. out to the cemetery more and? Getting your big no, Bella Lugosi about, vibes on about your own mortality? No, I don't. I don't think that, unfortunately, at this point, that it does. No, it's about having the cooler version of the TV. Yeah, right. Like, um, yeah, John John Bernthal, who is looks like he's going to be playing the Punisher for a while. You know, he he taught. Is he? I heard. Well, people. that show doesn't exist anymore. But the, he's going to get supposedly oh. the Marvel oh, universe gonna is going to okay. swallow a a new version of him as the Punisher. So he will All still right. be the Punisher, cool. but that is going to. Although the Daredevil verse that's been created is no is not going to be Marvel universe canon. That he is he is yeah. going to turn into um, MCU Punisher, which I think he has earned. I think okay. he's good at it. Um, but yeah. I think that the, the re I don't bring that up to like find a way to talk shit on like how rednecks and blue lives matter douchebags use the, use the Punisher logo. Uh, but I, the, but that Punisher logo is terrible in because in so many ways, one, because it's pol political trash, but more so in that yeah. it's using yeah. a thing that should be. A meditation on death and a memento mori, a reminder that death is coming for you, um, and turning it into ex the real manifestation of the opposite of like of a, like a redneck YOLO, where um, he's like, wa yeah. "Watch out! You will not replace us!" Like 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 total idiocy that doesn't represent at all what the kernel of a good idea for the character of like Frank Castle and the Punisher was on some tiny level when it originated. Yeah. The what I got from the Punisher was pretty personal and wasn't like about um killing criminals or cops or anything specific. I, I, I got that it was like a pretty personal super vengeance kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's very, and yeah, like, that's, ab that's absolutely yeah. true. I mean, <laughs> of course what, that when you, the issue is whenever you create a, a comic book character, no matter how personal their origin story is, you eventually have a saturation problem where, you know, a Batman yeah. can only be around so many decades before he runs out of people that he personally knows to beat up, you know, like right? <laughs> yeah. Fisk uh, as, or uh, another specific personal narrative piece of revenge, just a, a, a pissed off white guy who, 
kills people with vengeance because of self-righteousness is a hard thing to triangulate over time as making sense nowadays. And I think it's a good thing that yeah. it doesn't make sense now. It, it shouldn't have made sense the whole time. But that it specifically doesn't make sense now is like, oh, yeah, that definitely doesn't make sense. And I think it's good that it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not trying to say, like, get rid of the Punisher from... And I'm I'm not I'm not here to cancel the Punisher. I just mean that he's a he's a finite resource. You know, I think that they do depict him in the Daredevil verse accurately as somebody that has a very real grudge against some individuals who also symbolize corruption and and um, apathy and uh, anti justice. And that he's writing a wrong. But then if you extrapolate that way beyond that intimate version, it stops holding a logic that, that maintains in 2021. What's this? You think I don't know the law? Wasn't it me who wrote it? And I say that this man has broken the law. Right or wrong? We had a deal. And the law says, bust the deal. Face the wheel. Bust a deal and face the wheel. So s s skulls and skeletons—they should be a memento mori. They should be a meditation on the uh, on our pure finiteness in this reality. But they will be used by yeah. other people to signify shit that doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, but in between, it's totally yeah. fine if they're video if they're video game baddies. That's that's acceptable. That's totally good. Yes. There's, there's nothing wrong with turning skeletons yeah. into your video game baddies. It's good. Yeah, skeletons are awesome to fight. Slash, 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 slash. Cut them up. Cut up the bad. Cut up the good guys. Well, um, our uh, our next segment is going to be really easy to answer. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is 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 it? Bitchin' Van Art. Bitchin' Van Art, Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking yeah. shit. It is. Um. Yeah. Yeah, if if you can't put Army of Darkness on the side of a van, yeah, I, don't I know. think if, I, I think you unlike a Kardashian butt, like googling um, like skulls on vans might actually break the internet. Um, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah, how many search? Did you just Holy do skulls crap, on vans? What was your? No, I did Army of Darkness oh, okay. van art. Bram, uh, totally broken. <laughs> yeah, my my it has my given my rise and process just me... jumped out of my uh, out of my tower and <laughs> said to uh, fuck myself right in the ass, which was weird. It's never done that before. That's weird. I do have, <laughs> but um, yeah the the like the third picture that comes up is two people holding masks to their face. One of them's Teen Wolf and the other one's Robocop. <laughs> Which has nothing to do with what I typed in. It broke the internet. <laughs> that is bitchin' van art. Is it? Is it? Is 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 it bitchin' van art? <laughs> There's also another picture of a comic book cover that says "Dark Man versus Army of Darkness," which were both Army of Dark Man. <laughs> um. One yeah. of us is going to get to Dark Man at some point because I, I do I oh, I yeah. oh man Dark Man. All right, see, so yeah, I put that in resources, please, because um, I got to <laughs> see that photo. 
Yeah, um, I'm getting Okay, it. well, now that we've established that it is definitely... Skulls and skeletons are absolutely bitchin' van art. You basically... They are the definition of bitchin' van art. Um, let's go on to... <laughs> Gavin, I'm going to pitch to you... This is only going to make sense. I was going to come up with our new describing uh, person when in the process of doing so... I actually, uh, I found something that I think is going to act as our just special Halloween episode bridge photo um, that will, it will make sense to you once you see it. I'm going to drop it into, uh, (laughs) okay, all right, okay. I'm going to drop it into um, resources there right next to what you put in there. And let me tell, let me, let me tell you how, tell you how I got to this is that. is, is oh, I wanted no. to. Um... <laughs> what I, I I wanted to follow the I wanted to I wanted to follow the caveman logic that we've been using to get oh, from one shit. subject to the next, and so what I go- what I googled was <laughs> Buster Rhymes White. And, uh, you know, I, I and I, I just was kind of trying to come up with like a meta mechanism to find, I don't know, a weird oh, white dude that would that would in some way ping a Busta Rhymes a vibe on some level. And 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 none of well, it made the, any sense. The, the, the universe exists none, for none us. None of it made any fucking <laughs> sense except for this first photo. The first result is this this Twitter image. And the the it's by at esh exists e s h exists is their handle and the um, text says yo Buster Rhymes in whiteface looks like Nick Cave the truth is out there and then there's a side by side photo of just you know a standard twenty twenty <laughs> picture of Nick Cave looking at the camera and then I don't know what video or whatever the fuck this is from but apparently this is Buster White Buster Rhymes in whiteface on the right like screaming his head off and he looks like I don't know Gavin you tell me I I don't, I don't know he looks like um, probably two thousand two. Uh, Nick Cave stage singing. Um, he looks like. <laughs> well, Buster Rhymes looks like he's been digitally. Yeah, he's whitened. he's got kind of like a um Skeletor um, mask, like true, but he, buttery skin tone. Yeah, he does look like Nick Cave singing. Uh, the middle of Millhaven. <laughs> like, yeah, I. <laughs> Kicking something on he stage. He kind of looks like if you took a candle of modern era Gary Newman from one of his like gothic music videos and and half melted the candle. It's 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 yeah. it's it's got big um uh it's yeah it's got big stabbing <laughs> westward angst vibes. Oh yeah. Uh, what do I have to do to get out of this music video? Kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, man, he looks like he could eat a big sandwich. It does not occur to me until right now how fucking big Buster Rhymes' mouth is. Like, he's, he is... He, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, his instrument is, uh, is strong there. He's, he's looks He looks like a hongi boy. He could eat a whole, whole burger time. Um... 
But yeah, uh, th- this is this is the snake biting its own tail. The Ouroboros of, I swear to you, total accidental yeah. Google wizardry where I, I Googled yeah, Busta so Rhymes weird. White it, and it, it, the, the Busta Rhymes White and you get love letter. Literally that uh, Busta Rhymes looks like the thing that we've been <laughs> setting up for a conclusion. The universe exists. Yes, Busta Rhymes and Whiteface looks like uh, looks like Nick Cave. And there we have it. OK. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> there we eventually we're going to have to explain what that Ununderstandable in joke is, but it wouldn't be funny. So why? why? I'm just gonna. We're just gonna keep saying. I know it's not. It's not a very funny story. We're just gonna have to play risk with everybody. It's not one of the ones that's funny if you weren't there. (laughs) You know, like anyway. All right, let's end this. Let's shoot this fucker. Okay, let's get a. that was perfect. Yeah, I couldn't Great not do it. Well, I, I'll find somebody. or or I didn't really describe anything. I just Yeah, laughed. you try to find somebody for next time. We'll both try to find the new person for next time. Um, all, right. all right. And that brings us to the end of our time with you, dear reader. Until next time when we deliver you another batch of beasts, bullywugs, and bowls of flesh-eating dessert fluff. And if you'd be so kind as to tell a friend or support us by throwing Oops All Monsters a five-star review on iTunes, that really does help. I have a Twitch channel. It's under Gavin Longshanks Twitch. Um, I'll be doing Stubbs the Zombie for Halloween. (laughs) That's cool. (laughs) Also, share an episode on your favorite social media and hit up our Instagram for the images that go along with each episode. Comment on Instagram with the monsters that you want to see or email your suggestions for what monsters we should cover and the most ridiculous gaming death mishaps or stories. To oopsallmonsters at gmail.com. We love those stories. And if you want to toss a coin into the potion fund, hit us up with a one-shot contribution at paypal.me slash oopsallmonsters. Or if you're feeling really froggy, sign up at patreon.com slash oopsallmonsters. And lastly, I have to thank my wonderful friend Katie for our incredible theme song, Her work as part of the duo The Darling Kathleen's can be found on YouTube at The Darling Kathleen's. And with that, I have been Hess. And I have been Gavin. With with my voice all messed up. With with the entire cast of The Little Rascals in your throat. Yeah, with the entire cast of The Little Rascals in my throat. Oops. Oops. All All monsters. monsters. (laughs) All right. I am Frank Welker. <laughs> All day. All, right, All day, Frank us. Welker. Who's Frank Welker? I think I he's a voice that. actor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was good. That was amazing. That Buster Rhymes White is Nick Cave, though. That's couldn't believe that. Yeah. Yeah.
And I'm still recording, yeah. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. But I don't think we should. A spooky, scary skeleton shouts. Ah, she's got, okay, I, who, wow, okay, this is a whole thing that I'm, it's like happening to me. Um...